There's still a few people who are logging on and trying to sort out their audio settings. Great, hi Joshua. And uh, hopefully they'll, they'll sort that out shortly. But yes, I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au and it's a pleasure to, yeah, great, we've got someone calling in from Seattle. It's a pleasure to have you all here. There are many more people who have signed up and will probably keep jumping on the call just, you know, as time allows for it. Hi, Lynn. So I want to welcome you all here and just a little reminder that this will most likely be recorded for people to listen into afterwards, people who have signed up or couldn't attend. Uh, and I may share this with the rest of the community, especially given that many of your questions will be relevant to other people. So if for any reason you would like to remain anonymous, please rename yourself. So you can go to the Manage Participants tab and you can call yourself whatever you like. You can use your middle name, you can make up a name or just keep your first name. Uh, and if for any reason you do not want to be recorded on a, on a call that will be later public, then I suppose you'd have to remove yourself from the call if you feel uncomfortable with that. So today I want to really talk about neuroplasticity and the concept of opening up to healing. A lot of the people who come and see me have got persistent or chronic symptoms. And so I wanted to clarify that generally speaking, my material is not referring to acute symptoms. And acute symptoms are really, we're talking about the first six weeks. And so that would be, you have your onset of symptoms, you might go to the doctors and they will take you through a rather generic treatment plan in the first six weeks. And if that works for you, you will go back to normal and there's no further action required. So the first six weeks is really about going to your GP, um, getting your inner ears tested, getting your hearing tested for sure, and checking out that there's nothing sinister happening. Vertigo and tinnitus are symptoms that can happen with, in so many different situations and scenarios. And the medical world, their role, they, they don't specialise in audiology or vestibular stuff. So the, the general medical world is looking at are you dying of a heart condition or a stroke or are there tumours? Is there something really sinister that they need to address immediately and get you onto a treatment plan for? So many of you will notice that once the doctors have kind of gone through their, their checklist and tick box, they'll say to you, there's nothing more we can do and they'll send you off. You know, there's, the, there's that kind of really disappointing outcome where you still feel rubbish and horrible and you might have the ringing in your ears or the push-pull rocking sensations in your body or your head. But it appears that the medical world and the health professionals are kind of handballing you on and referring you on. So if anyone relates to that scenario, why don't you just pop a little yes in the tick box. And if anybody is here and you're still in the first six weeks and you're still very new and you haven't even had a hearing test yet, you're still welcome on the call, but this is going to... Um, you know, for, you're really in a good position if you're in the first six weeks because you've got, you can be very proactive. Yeah, so we're getting loads of yeses. So most people come and find me through YouTube or through doctor's referrals for doctors who are involved in integrative medicine and doctors who understand the importance of the mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of recovery, which we can talk about on today's call if that's something people are interested in. That's really where I specialize. So all of the physical investigations, I leave up to the doctors, all of the MRI scans, 
all of the vestibular testing would be done by my colleagues, um, my vestibular audiologist colleagues. And same with the hearing tests, the blood scans, all of that. So the physical stuff I leave up to my colleagues who are involved in investigation diagnosis. Diagnosis. By the time people come and work with me or start the Rocksteady program, they have had medical clearance. And I just want to start, start off by saying that's super important. The doctors are really doing us a great service there. And they're checking that there is no medical emergency. From that place onwards, you may or may not have a diagnosis. And I fully understand that that's frustrating and difficult. And you have to then move forwards with this kind of like, well, I'm not dying, but I don't really know what's going on with me. From that place, that's where people tend to work with me. I can help people understand why they're feeling the strange symptoms they're feeling. And you have got no idea how many emails I receive a day with, you know, I, you know, I get funny spotting things in my eyes or I, I feel normal when I'm in a car or I feel normal when I'm skateboarding, but when I stop moving, I feel dizzy again. So there's all these unusual conglomeration of symptoms that people are needing validation about. But the truth is, you are the only you on the planet. And there's nobody else you can compare yourself to. So however your brain, your spine, your ears and your eyes are communicating and networking, that can result in such a plethora of symptoms. You know, you can feel, um, gosh, I'm just trying to think. So I've had people say, I feel dizziness in my lower back. I've had people say they feel, you know, dizziness just, just above the neck only. So all through the neck and the head. I've heard people say, I hear, I, I have fullness in my ears and I don't know why my ears are healthy, but I've got this fullness. So there's all sorts of different sensations and symptomatology that can happen through the audio vestibular system. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to hold all of your diagnoses lightly and really stop comparing yourself to other people. It's simply not going to help you. The way our brain, our spinal cord and our sensory system communicate is vastly complex. I'm talking billions and trillions of neurons. So for a moment, I want to invite you all to close your eyes if you can. If you cannot close your eyes because uh, you're not there yet and you, and you can't be with your body in that quiet inner way, then maybe just uh, stare down at the floor or find something that's very neutral to stare at that's not distracting. But I invite you to close your eyes and just take a moment to feel the safety of where you are right now. Feel the floor, feel the chair and let your brain connect real physical signals real neuron, neuronal signals that right now you're safe. So right now there's no lion chasing you. There's, there's no truck about to come and run you over. There's no dangerous humans or violence. There's no flood, there's no bushfire, there's no electrical storm. Just really feel in your body that right now you are supported by the floor, you are supported by the chair, and you are supported by this community of Seeking Balance peers and by me and just really drop into that feeling of physical and emotional support right now and I want you to start to imagine some of the busiest road maps you've ever seen so really complicated cities with lots of roads lots of intersections lots of lanes lots of cars traveling in lots of different directions 
And in fact, if any of you have ever been to India or Southeast Asia, the way their traffic works really reminds me of how our biology works. You know, there's lots of particles and nutrients and, and blood cells and, you know, all of our juicy hormones and proteins, they are moving around our body in the most complex manner. And just notice the organization of these roads and these systems and the cars moving and pedestrians and cyclists and trucks and motorbikes. And just, you know, if you can visualize how long it's taken to organize that road system and that cityscape, the highways, the freeways, the bypasses. And I want you to gain appreciation that the way your neurons are, are moving in your body, head to toe, around your brain, ear to ear, eye to eye, it is a big mapping. It's, it's a massive, it's a massive circuitry of interconnected neurons up and down your body, in and around your head and your brain. And they are functioning at a rapid rate. And they are responsible for all of your physical sensations, all of your mental thoughts and ideas and dreams, all of your emotional feelings, and all of your belief systems, or what I refer to as spirituality and where you put your belief and your faith, how you relate to the world, how you relate to yourself. All of this is intricately mapped. And what I want to try and get you to understand is it is so much more complicated than even the largest city in the world okay we there is no way we could even begin to visualize the complexity of what's happening in your neural system and your neuroplasticity and so when i get people emailing me saying i'm doing vestibular exercises three times a day whatever once a day twice a day four times a day five times a day why aren't i better yet the reason you're not better yet is because those vestibular exercises are one tiny piece of the recovery program. And it's important you don't invest all of your hope and all of your time into repeating generic exercises, especially if they have not been custom designed for you. Now, to be perfectly honest with you, everyone is different, but as a generalization, once you've got through that first six weeks, so from the time the first onset of your symptoms and that first six weeks is the acute period, that's when vestibular exercises are most relevant. Once you start entering into chronic symptoms and persistent symptoms, you don't need vestibular exercises so much anymore. You know, unless you have very specific conditions, you're not going to need to repeat vestibular exercises endlessly right for years or months on end they they're really just an acute part of teaching your ears your eyes and your spinal cord how to stand walk bend squat climb a staircase you know move your head from side to side it's it's, it's a retraining process that's generally over and done with within six weeks so for chronic and persistent symptoms you're looking at activating the neuroplasticity in a totally different part of your brain Now, in order to allow your neuroplasticity and your road networks, your super highways and your new pathways in your brain to rebuild, first of all, you need to know exactly what you're rebuilding. And so I want to put it out to the chat group. Type down in the message box what it is you desire to feel. What are the neural pathways you're building? 
because you can't delete your symptoms. You can't get rid of them. That is not how neuroplasticity works. Neuroplasticity is about rebuilding the neural settings that you want to feel. Some examples could be, I want to feel steady. I want to feel confident. I want to feel calm. I want to feel adventurous. I want to feel free. I want to feel loving. I want to feel inner peace. So pop into the chat box now. What neural pathways are you practicing and are you building daily? Because if you can't answer that question, then you have not started neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity starts from that place of identifying what are the road systems that I'm building. Great, so we've got calm and happy. What neural networks are you building? Inner peace and confidence in my body. Calm, confident, comfortable being still. Beautiful. Well done, Marie. Steadiness, sober, not drunk with symptoms, and energized. That's a great one. Energized is a really beautiful one, Joe. Steadiness. So you can see how why I've named my program Rock Steady and why the fundamental learning of the Rocksteady program is finding steadiness. This is something that is very common for generally most people who come and see me. Finding steadiness and the ability to really feel grounded in the body is a network that is asleep. It's not working in these people. That part of their brain has been overtaken and overridden by anxiety and feelings of worry and chronic doubt. Centered is another really good one. Well done. Lynn. Calm, steady and joy. Beautiful. So again, I just want you to see how we all have something in common, right? We're all different. No one has exactly the same desires and nobody has exactly the same symptoms either. However, generally speaking, I bet you, you all know exactly what you don't want to feel, right? And I don't want you to type that in the box because that is not part of your neuroplasticity practice or approach. There is no point focusing on what you don't want. Because all that does is teaches the brain to make it more important. Wherever you focus your intention is where more and more neurons fire and wire. So if we're focusing on our symptoms all day long, the brain is actually putting them up the priority list and firing those symptom settings with, with more strength and more synchrony and more emphasis. So I want you to start really focusing on what do I want to feel in daily life and how am I going to practice actually feeling that? So we've got things like feeling energized, steady, confident, calm, inner peace, clear-headed, harmony. Yes, that's a good one. So that, now the question is, how do you do that? Now, every single person is going to have a totally different daily practice on how they activate those neural networks. So let's say you want to feel steady or calm or clear-headed or energized. Yeah, I, I'm just going to, there's someone's typed in, I want to feel normal. Actually, a few of you have typed in, I want to feel normal. I would remove that from your vocabulary. Normal is, why not go for being extraordinary, right? Normal isn't necessarily what you want to feel, to be honest. And what does normal even mean? And I think it's, normal is just a word that comes from society and brainwashing about how we, we think we should be, right? So I would just delete normal from your vocabulary and get really specific and really clear about what you personally choose for yourself. You know, if you want to feel, yeah, I want to feel amazing, someone said. So you, you need to actually custom design the neural networks that you want to stimulate and activate in daily life. 
And the Rocksteady program does teach you how to do that. It takes you through a, a process where you ask yourself questions and you sit down and you take a really good think about, well, when was the last time I felt calm? What activities actually make me feel good? So for example, prior to this call, and you know, I used to get quite nervous actually hosting these Zoom calls, thinking about all the things that could go wrong. But I've got so much practice at it now that I really enjoy connecting with people on these calls and I don't have as I don't have as much nerves, I've outgrown them, I suppose. So, and I think the reason for that is A, because I have practiced building up my confidence and my skills in working in an international community, in managing different time zones, in you know, having two computers going at once and being able to 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 master some of those technology skills that I've needed. But the other reason is I have a lot of skills and tools to help me keep my nervous system calm and to help my brain remain in that state of trust. And one of them is, believe it or not, I really like doing laundry. It makes me feel calm, it makes me feel grounded and it makes me feel incredibly content and like I've achieved something, there's a satisfaction there. And so prior to coming onto this call, I, you know, I folded all of my dry laundry and I put my laundry away and there's just something about that activity that puts my brain into a very slow brainwave. And so rather than being manic or full of doubt or worried or anxious, you know, so if I was just to sit around pacing and worrying about all the things that could go wrong, I'm actually activating and supporting the anxiety neurons because my actions, my behaviors and my thoughts are all feeding the worry circuitry. So what I'm getting at is you have to actually know yourself. You have to know what things, what activities bring me joy, what activities connect me to love instead of fear. In fact, if you've got a pen, I would write that down. What activities connect you to love and not fear? Because that is going to be a really big part of helping your brain your, and your body and your actions start to work in alignment and congruence. Because if you want to feel calm, steady and energized, but you're laying on the couch all day worried about yourself, there's, you're not going to generate any calm, steady or energized neurons. You're going to be on the couch feeding worry and anxiety, which is draining, depleting, exhausting and inhibits neuroplasticity. So chronic stress and chronic anxiety do not allow the brain to relax into a space where it can build new neural pathways. When we're worried and stressed and anxious, all the brain is focused on is survival. Get away from the lion, get away from the violence, get away from the danger. It's incredibly important that you do not see your vertigo or tinnitus as a dangerous threat because that will actually stop you from healing. Now, it's normal to be afraid of it at first. It is frightening. I've had it. I get it. It's distressing. And it's normal to feel anxiety at first. It's normal to panic. But once you go through the medical clearance and you realize, okay, it's just error signals in my brain. I need to really breathe through this. I need to calm down. I need to create a new relationship to my symptoms. It's through that relationship changing. You're changing the relationship to yourself. It's through that process that you actually learn how to reset your symptoms, reset your sensations, and actually feel in inverted commas normal again, right? And it, it's a very slow, incremental, and steady process. And I think it's important you're patient with yourself. But if you're actively hating what you feel and actively critical and judgmental of your body and actively not enjoying or not, not at peace or friendly with the sensations that are inside of you, there's just no way you can heal because that's an incredible part of the healing process is self-compassion 
And I want to say friendliness. You need to be kind, patient, and friendly with yourself. Now, obviously, that takes practice. So if you don't have it yet, give yourself time. That's the reason the Rocksteady program is 12 weeks. It takes people time to change their relationship to themselves. So if you have any questions at this point, please type them into the chat box, especially if it's related to some of the things we're talking about. But I just want to emphasize neuroplasticity is about focusing on what you want to feel, practicing what you want to feel, aligning your thoughts, actions, behaviors, your posture, your relationships with the things you want to feel. So feelings actually create our reality. You cannot avoid feeling. And so many people are told to ignore it, to distract themselves, to, to get over it, to get on with it. And that's like you're bypassing the actual healing. You have to feel into your body. You have to know what you're feeling in the present moment. And you have to identify what do I actually want to feel? And there's a gap, right? There's what you actually feel and what you want to feel. Neuroplasticity is closing that gap. So you can go, okay, well, that's interesting. Right now I'm feeling anxious. What do I want to do about that? Okay, well, my laundry's there. Why don't I go and fold my laundry? Because I know that makes me feel calm and relaxed and centered. And then I fold my laundry and then I arrive at my goal of feeling grounded and centered. So I've gone from feeling a little bit anxious and worried. I've taken action to close the gap and I've cultivated steadiness, calm and centering by those choices. So neuroplasticity is a dynamic process of feeling identifying and bringing clarity to those choices and i want to add bringing confidence because the more you do it the more confident you get at it and the better you get at it so please do type in in the uh is grief a part of feeling of course all feelings are like the thing that just astounds me in today's world is how people reject what they feel every single feeling is normal like you are a human being not a robot it is absolutely abnormal to be happy calm and peaceful and content all the time like that is never going to happen the only way you can get good at this neuroplasticity process and healing process is to get good at feeling all of you all of your sadness all of your frustration all of your anxiety all of your grief but you know what instead of struggling with that and judging yourself you're going to learn how to be kind patient and supportive you get better at actually feeling all of you in a way that says yes i feel this and i'm okay yes i feel this and i can support myself yes i feel this and i know exactly what to do about it so an, an example of that is i've some of you might know i recently broke my cornea which is the front part of the eyeball it's like the windscreen of your eyeball um, happened in my sleep completely random it wasn't actually a, an accident or a sporting accident. I was sleeping and 50% of my eyeball, the front corner of my eyeball was eroded away. And I had exposed nerve endings in my eyeball, which were incredibly painful, even talking hurts. So any type of movement stimulated those nerve endings and was painful. And then I got a really sinister bacterial infection into the eyeball because I didn't have that protection anymore. And I went temporarily blind and I was at risk of permanent blindedness. So I was experiencing physical pain through the nerve endings. Obviously I was experiencing emotional shock and sensory distortion and sensory impairment through the blindedness. Um, and 
yeah, I definitely had mental doubt, right? There's no doubt about it. I'm thinking, what if my eyeball doesn't heal? It's happened in my sleep. You know, it's out of my control. You know, I don't understand this. So there was a lot of mental grief and mental distress. And then on the, the spiritual side of things in that process would be, do I believe my body can heal? Do I believe I deserve this? Do I, do I blame myself? You know, what's my relationship to my eyeball? And so in particular in that 24 hours of, of pain where the nerve endings of the eyeball were exposed, I had to literally talk myself through that. And I had, because I've got so much practice at this now, it's kind of no big deal, but I had to actually actively tell myself it's okay. I can heal this. And it's okay. If I lose my eye, I think I'm going to be okay too. I trust the process. It's not my fault. These things happen. If someone's going to get an eye infection and go blind, why not me? You know, it's going to happen to someone on the planet. Why not me? And I was able to get all the support I needed in terms of meals cooked for me, lifts to the hospital every single day for my reviews. Um, I had women's circles contacting me, people offering me all sorts of support, whether it be prayers and thoughts or phone calls. Um, it was just incredible. Like every step of the way, I felt normal, I felt supported, and I didn't judge myself. I didn't doubt myself, and I didn't critique myself. So when I had the difficult feelings, thoughts, or emotions, I was able to actually feel them, notice them, normalize them, and process them. So yes, feeling grief, feeling frustration, feeling anger, it's all really healthy. What's not healthy is to not allow yourself to feel them. And if you're afraid of feeling, fair enough. It just means you've never been taught how to do it yet. But it is the biggest gift you can give yourself to actually be able to feel your life and not numb it and suppress it and go through this robotic life of, well, I should be this and I should be that. Like, it's completely unrealistic. So some of the things I want to warn you about is just be careful. Vestibular rehabilitation training, VRT, is not really for triple PD. It's not for persistent chronic symptoms. You guys are going to need a different rehabilitation program and the Rocksteady takes you through all of that. There's a lot of written exercises. Module two has a lot of um, exercises about belief systems and, and thoughts and sabotaging thoughts. And you guys will need to connect into your heart and your inner wisdom and really focus on finding your joy, not doing VRT 24-7. So just be really careful you don't do too much VRT. That can actually be... Um, inhibitory, especially if doing your VRT makes you feel worse, which is one of the questions I want to get to that's been emailed in. Another thing I want to say is just be really careful who you listen to. I mean, I've had people contact me with some of the most ridiculous things they've been told by physiotherapists, by general doctors, by neurology specialists, all over, you know, these people definitely want to do what's best for you, right? They're not trying to hurt you. They're good people. But sometimes they're giving you information that is from a textbook and it's got nothing to do with you. So just be really careful about people who make blanket statements and especially people who tell you there's nothing you can do or you can't heal or just live with it, you know, or, you know, be really cautious of anyone who gives you generic exercises, whether they be generic medications or generic bedside exercises or, you know, generic mindfulness or generic yoga or anything that's really not customized for you. Just be skeptical. Like it's actually important you're skeptical. Um, okay. So some of the questions that came through was 
there was, I know that vestibular exercises will aggravate my symptoms and provoke me. And the statement was, I know that that means they're working. And I completely disagree with that. If exercises are stimulating what you don't want to feel, right? So if you're practicing an exercise, any exercise, doesn't matter what it is, and it's making you feel anxious, or it's making you feel fear, or it's making you feel unsteady, or it's making you feel resistance, struggle, conflict, fatigue, you're actually building all of those things. Whatever you practice, that's what your neural settings are building. So if you're practicing feeling unsteady, guess what? You're getting better at feeling unsteady. If you're practicing feeling anxious, guess what? You're getting better at feeling anxious. If you're practicing feeling fuzzy and brain fog and fatigue, that's what your brain is actually repeating. It's fundamental that when you practice any of your exercises, whatever they be, I don't, you know, I don't know where you've got your exercises from, whether they're meditations, whether they're mindfulness, whether they're yogas, whether they're vestibular exercises, whatever it is you're doing, it's fundamental that you feel calm, steady, grounded and safe as you practice. That is the only way you will rebuild those sensations that you actually desire. So if you're doing anything that aggravates you and makes you feel worse, stop it. Make it easier, right? Take your feet wide, put your hands on your hips, find a wall, make it safe, make it grounded, make it slow, make it still. Until you feel steady, do not progress the exercise. It's simply damaging your brain to repeat things that make you feel crappy. This process of neuroplasticity is so gentle, it's so loving, it's so kind, it's impossible for you not to feel good while you do it. And the other thing I want to give you your power back is to say you're in control. Like you've got the accelerator and the brakes to your own life. So if there's things that's happening in your life that you don't like, just stop doing it. Like literally remove the things in your life that are making you feel crap and replace them by saying yes and doing more of things that fill you with love and fill you with joy and fill you with steadiness and calm and energy and vitality because you can be extremely active, right? You can deepen your relationships. So many of my beautiful balanced clients have gone through this program and got job promotions or re-entered the workforce or completely changed careers. So this is not about quitting and this is not about deleting. This is about removing the things in your life that make you feel crap and replace them with things in your life that make you feel whole, loved, lovable, steady, calm, and centered. Now, your self-talk is a massive part of this. So if anyone out there is doing vestibular exercises and as they're doing it, they're like, oh my God, I'm no good at this, I can't do this, I'm terrible, I'm hopeless. You're actually making yourself worse by doing that. You need to have therapy and support to get yourself through that self-talk. Like it's so important that you are able to talk to yourself with kindness and instill hope. You need to trust yourself, you need to trust your body. And if you can't do that alone, because some people need therapy, I was one of those people, I had oodles of therapy to help me get my skills. There's no harm in that, there's no shame in that. Like if you can't do it alone, you may need private therapy to support the self-study process or the rock study program. There's just no point doing it alone if it's damaging you. So I'm just looking here. Da, da, da. So yes, basically, if anything's going to make you feel worse, don't do it. Only do things that you love. Don't be too protective of yourself. Like, yes, be skeptical and yes, be discerning. But if you're overprotective, that means just you're living a life of avoidance. And if you're avoiding everything, how can you ever heal? Right? 
So instead of avoiding using computers, maybe find the right setting on your computer that enables you to use the computer with calm and with ease. Or maybe use a computer for five minutes at a time instead of you know, using it for 30 minutes or an hour and really aggravating your neurons because the screen is too bright. So just do what you can and pace yourself until you get stronger. But so don't avoid things, find a way to love what you do and do it with love. Like actually practice living your life with love. Um, da -da -da -da. So the question was, will neuroplasticity provoke my symptoms in the same way? Neuroplasticity really only works when you're calm, when you're practicing self-kindness, when you're connected to love and trust. And so that's your answer. When you're practicing neuroplasticity, you're actually feeling grounded, kind and trusting. It's coming from a place of love. And this is the emotional brain. The emotional brain is either in fear, which is danger, run away, get out of here. And there's no, no neuroplasticity happening there. Or it's in love, which is I am safe, I am whole, I belong. I am loved, I am loving, and I am lovable. From that place, that emotional place, that's where neuroplasticity occurs. There's another question about earfulness. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on personal therapy questions because this is more of a group call. Um, but basically, any sensation you feel, whether it's spotting, dotting, spinning, rocking, turning, earfulness, it's all normal. It's just your neural settings bouncing and moving in, in weird and wonderful ways. So whatever you feel is real, as long as you've had medical clearance, just understand that this is your body talking to you. So my question would be not about like, what's my earfulness about what's going on, um, but more, what's your body telling you? Like actually learn to listen to the message inside. What is your body communicating to you? In the same way as when you feel hungry, your body's saying, hey, I'd like to eat. Or when you're feeling thirsty, your body's saying, I would please like a drink of water. Or when you feel you need to go to the toilet, you get that feeling. That's your body's sensory system saying, find a toilet because I need to go to the toilet soon. So when you feel earfulness, what is your body communicating to you? And remember, this is a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual process. Sometimes the things your body is asking for is more self-love, more self-connection, more belonging. You know? So you've got you to learn how to listen. Um, so there's a question about antidepressants. Neurologist and vestibular consultant recommended uh, different medications. I'm resisting them. Some people do have sensitivity to medications and medications are not a quick fix and they're certainly not a long-term solution. So if you do try them, just understand it's a stepping stone. It's not for life. And I would definitely do the Rocksteady program alongside medication rather than just take medication and not have any skills or tools. So to just be careful with medications and use them uh, sparingly. So this person's saying it doesn't feel like it's for me. Um, is neuroplasticity doing the job? Yes, of course. So if you, once you get the hang of neuroplasticity, you don't need the antidepressants or anti-anxieties anymore because you're actually retraining your brain. You're teaching yourself how to be soothed. You're teaching your body how to be grounded and calm and centered. You're teaching yourself how to be in joy more often. And I want to remind people that as human beings, we're born to be joyful. We're born to be loving. It's just that we live in a society and a planet that is absolutely based on fear. So many of our decisions politically and societally and in our community are based on the, the bottom dollar economics. They're not based on human happiness. 
and you are living in a world that is full of fear and it's horrible and it's difficult and we have to actually function in that world and the question is are we going to go down with the fear and be over consumed by the fear and believe all of this you know you've got to buy this product you've got to take these supplements you, you know it's like marketing is based on fear it's like you're you're, you're not skinny enough, you're not healthy enough, you know, you need a better partner, you're not a good enough mother or father, you need a better job, right? So it's constantly making us look outside of ourselves for that fix that will make us somehow miraculously be happy. And it's obviously, it's, it's a marketing ploy. So the question is, when are you going to let yourself stop and say, I have love and joy inside of myself and I can access it. It's actually my duty to find my joy. And if I don't know how to feel joy, that's now my project. All of you need to have a list of at least 10 activities that fill you with joy and love. And you want that list to keep growing because until you know how to access your own joy and your own inner love, this is going to be a very difficult and long road for you. So yes, neuroplasticity replaces antidepressants and medications. You simply don't need them anymore because your act of living will change your neurotransmitters. Another one is, you know, I have, someone says, I have a comorbidity, I have a hip injury, or I have a digestive problem. And when my other issues um, increase, so I, you know, have a lot of hip pain, or I have a lot of digestion pain, or reflux, my tinnitus and my dizziness disappear. What is this? Is this a joke? Or is this my brain protecting me? So I only deal with one thing at a time. And the truth is, your brain only can do one thing at a time. It's it puts its attention in one place and that's generally what we're experiencing. So when we're deeply focused on love and joy and connection, that's what we're feeling. We're not feeling our symptoms. And we talk about that in the YouTube interview with Belinda Claveria on sex, orgasms, joy and chronic pain. So where we focus is what we feel. If we're very focused on our pain and on our symptoms, that's exactly what is at the front of our awareness. And that is actually our reality. That's what we feel. So yes, I hear this all the time that someone will say they're absolutely severe, chronic, horrible tinnitus completely disappeared once they had extreme digestive problems and irritable bowel syndrome. So it's almost like their problems shifted from the ears to the stomach and it was like a miracle for them, but it hadn't resolved their problems. Their body was still screaming for support and help. So chronic stress is often related to emotional upsets and deep beliefs that are unhelpful and those beliefs are often things like i'm a failure i don't belong here i'm not accepted i'm inadequate i'm unlovable i'm unloved and these are very very deep and subconscious so for those of you who are thinking no that's not me it actually could be you but it's just you're not aware of it yet and these are the beliefs that we need to get to to really go deeper into the healing um so Someone said, um, you know, I've had my vertigo treated. So that first six weeks passed and, you know, I've had, I, I'm over the initial vertigo, but now I still feel not quite right. What's going on? Why can't I seem to overcome these feelings of not quite right, even though I don't have true vertigo anymore? And I would say go through the Rocksteady program if you're not already doing that, because that teaches you a, a, about that situation in particular. So it's really important that you have strategies to reset and renormalize and recalibrate your brain back to a steady baseline. And, you know, treating the vertigo is just one tiny piece and that's really a physical piece. So you need to go through the mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of your recovery. 
Um, and yes, you can go back to normal, but you're going to need a, a methodical strategy to do that. It's not going to miraculously happen necessarily. Now, I've just had someone type in, does neuroplasticity mean you shouldn't focus on the issue, but on what you enjoy? If you tap into how you feel, are you not focusing on the issue? So I just want to reiterate, I've already answered this. So if you've got to notice what you're feeling in the present moment, so you've got to be in reality. You can't live in the past or the future and you can't live in a world of rainbows and unicorns. It's just simply not real. You have to focus on what you're actually feeling right now and say, okay, right now I'm feeling dizzy. I'm feeling tinnitus. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling grief right now. I'm having a, a really difficult moment. And there's strategies that you can use in the Rocksteady program to help you go through that feeling piece with creativity, with rawness, with love, with curiosity, with kindness to remove the judgments. I was like, okay, that's interesting. That feels like I'm sitting in a really deep, dark hole. What am I going to do? Well, I guess I would like to get out of the hole and I need to think about how I'm going to do that. So I'm going to say I might get in the shower and put on a new outfit and I think I just want to go and sit in the sunshine. So I'm going to get outside and I'm just going to really gently, I'll take a walking stick with me if I need, but I'm going to really gently get outside and find some sunshine. And through that process of feeling and choosing what to do about it, you actually learn how to reset your neurons. And it's a very proactive process. So it's not that you're dwelling in your grief or your symptoms or whatever. It's that you're actually going, okay, well, this is what I'm really feeling and this is what I'm going to do about it. And you take yourself to whatever you need. And I just use an example of having a shower, putting on a new outfit and feeling the sun, getting out into the sunshine. So there's a million different ways of, using neuroplasticity, but you cannot do it if you don't feel and if you don't address what you're going through with kindness. The self-compassion healing hands is really essential and so is the opening up and listening within exercises in the Rocksteady program for that very process. Um, so there's another one. I don't really understand this question. Nicole, if you can help me out. It says, can neuroplasticity help with ongoing night vertigo while I sleep? If you're still on the call, Nicole, can you clarify, in fact, Nicole, I might unmute you, if that's okay, you don't need to, you can say no if you don't want to, but you're unmuted. What do you mean by night vertigo? Okay, while I'm asleep, I'm basically having uh, rotating sensations, like the whole bed is rotating and that wakes me up. So, my, and first, my first question would be, have you been tested for and effectively treated for BPPV, which is the little yes. particles in the ears. Has that resolved or do you think you still have it? Yes, that has resolved. It's, um, I, I'm, I'm an expert now. I can differentiate between those two. Yep. And this is part of the PPPD. And I think it has to do with the REM phase when your eyes start rolling. Oh, yeah. So it could be that you're now, what's happened is you've gone through the anxiety and the shock of the vertigo. You've treated the vertigo, but now there's a hypervigilance and a hyper-awareness of the sensory movements in your body that you used to simply not be aware of. So that happens with me since yes. studying vestibular audiology and I suppose becoming more of an expert in this field is now when I lay down, I can actually feel my brain swimming and moving. Like I can feel so many of my neurons moving largely because I'm so fascinated by it. Whereas previously, I just had no awareness. It, it was something that I didn't really notice, you know, but it was always there. 
So if you're feeling the REM sleep, it's not about getting rid of it. It's about bringing love and kindness and curiosity and fascination and awe, A-W-E, to, to, to getting to know your body and saying, wow, this REM sleep is amazing. So it's really opening up to healing instead of closing down and saying to your body, no, I don't want that. Get rid of that. Go away. Right? So you have to, right. you have to open up and change your relationship to your body because it will reset itself and it can totally disappear again. But in the transitional period, you have to learn to love it. And in fact, Elizabeth, who just did a recovery case study, really joyfully and beautifully described her process of that. And it took a while for her. She worked quite hard to get to the place she got to. And that's a good recovery case study for everyone to listen to. Does that help, Nicole? Yes, that helps. Thank you. Great. And I'll just mute you again. And the next one was, does Rocksteady replace the generic vestibular rehab exercises? Yes, definitely. Rocksteady has got all the vestibular exercises that are essential, particularly for triple PD. The exercises in Rocksteady are much more still, much more quiet, much more grounded. There's no balancing on one leg or throwing balls up and down. And there's not many head movement exercises either or eye exercises. They're much more about being in your body, strengthening your legs, your pelvis, getting into your feet and your spine because that's the part of the body that needs to be activated. So they are different, and I would definitely say Rocksteady absolutely replaces and complements vestibular physiotherapy or general rehab. Um, absolutely. So the next one was about tinnitus, but I think it's a little bit too personal for the group call. Um, but the question was, yeah, I would say... So the question is basically, the tinnitus is very new for me. Um, and it's happening in the head. Where is it coming from, etc. We don't always know where it's coming from. But the question I would ask, and this is to Jill, if you're on the call, is ask your body and learn how to ask your body. Learn how to listen to your body, right? Your body is full of so much intelligence and it knows exactly what it's doing. Ask your body, why am I feeling this? What, what, what are you telling me? What are you communicating to me? Because it can be anything. It can be medications. It can be diets. It can be cholesterol. It can be grief. It can be smoking. It can be caffeine. It can be all of those things you mentioned. It can be a bump on the head, but it might not be, right? So you need to ask yourself, body, what are you screaming at me for? What are you asking for? I know that when I hear my tinnitus, it's almost always because I'm either dehydrated, I'm multitasking, or I need a bunch of early nights and I'm actually starting to get run down. So for me, it's the canary in the mine that helps me monitor my overall um, well-being. All right, got a hand up here. Oh, sorry. Did I get you there, Sandra? No, there you are, unmute. Sandra, did you want to talk? Are you there, Sandra? Nope. Okay, I can't hear you. So if you are talking, it's uh, can't hear. I'm just going to mute you again. Um, Joshua, this is where I get confused. You're saying there is no head movement or eye movement. This is totally against what I've read. I don't understand how I'll spin around like I used to, but I don't actually spin. So just to clarify, there are head movements and there are spins and there are, but it's really important that this does not make the bulk of your practice. That stuff is like 3% of what you need to do. There's 97% of other stuff you need to do. So yes, it's all in there, but I think it's really, it's really complemented 
by all of the other mental, emotional, spiritual work that needs to happen more importantly before you do any head movements or eye movements or spins. So Joshua, incredibly important that you're not overloading your system with strong head movements, eye movements or spins before you're ready. Okay, so if you're experiencing any form of worry, doubt, fear or anxiety, do not spin. Do not do strong head movements. It's actually going to make you worse and rewire the stuff you don't want to feel. So you have to go through the settling, grounding, joy process first. It's got to be slow and steady. You've got to get into your belief systems. You've got to do some of that mental work and that emotional work before you go through the complex physical work. So yes, it's all in there, but it's further down the program. Um, Christian, can autoimmune disease cause vestibular function? Yes, but the question is what's driving the autoimmune disease? Often it's chronic stress, chronic doubt, chronic worry. The question is what specialist should I see? I have no idea and I, I don't pretend to be a medical expert. You'll have to talk to your doctor about that. But yes, autoimmune disease can absolutely cause uh, vestibular failure such as multiple sclerosis, etc. Um, so, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> So it's important that you, you just follow through with that. But I would look at the cause of the autoimmune and ask yourself, why am I chronically stressed? Why aren't I healing? Because your body will give you that answer once you can learn to listen to the wisdom. Joshua says, okay, great. I spend my time meditating before and after. So basically, Joshua, if you're doing your exercises and you feel grounded, steady, you know, normal, joyful, confident and calm, then you you actually get to a point where you don't need the vestibular exercises anymore and this is where i say don't over invest your time in your vestibular exercises because they are just a short part of your recovery process where we want you to be is back in life right we want you to be back playing your tennis or going doing the things that you love fishing golf working hanging out with friends so the vestibular exercises are just a tiny little piece so if you're spending all day, every day meditating and doing vestibular exercises, I assure you there is something missing in your program because that, is a, that, that should be a short-lived part of your life. Um, you know, that's not ongoing and it's not forever. You want to grow out of that. All right, Alicia, um, four months now. I think this is about being in social settings, pretending that I'm feeling fine, but noticing rocking motions and noticing that I can't be fully present. So Alicia, I would definitely get, get into the body scans, get into your feet, your pelvis and your hips. There are so many different ways to approach this conundrum, but I think similar to what I said to Nicole, you have to learn to love what you feel. You have to learn to support yourself through the rocking. You know, you have to learn to dance and to sway within the micro movements of your body because your body is moving. You're not cement, you're not a statue. You know, you need to actually learn to feel and own and reclaim what you're feeling in your body. Be really honest with yourself if you're rejecting what you feel. If you're critiquing what you feel and if you're judging what you feel, be super honest about that because that is holding you back and that is meaning that you can't actually heal, right? So, and being in a social situation is tough. So you wanna practice all of this stuff at home or with friends, with people you trust or around pets and animals. And you want to build in these skills of self-love, self-acceptance and steadiness into more complex situations such as social environments, which are literally harder. They're, they're more stimulating and there's a lot more pressure there. So you might want to practice at home, keep it nice and easy and gentle, and then you want to upgrade yourself to the social situation. 
but take your rocking with you, take your symptoms with you. And again, I talk about this in the, in the YouTube interview with Belinda Claveria on sex, orgasms, joy, and chronic pain. You've got to take your chronic pain with you and seek joy anyway. All right. Another question centers around anxiety. Um, this is now for Susan. I've developed a phobia of being a passenger in a car driving and social public settings. Okay, so similar theme. Um, unfortunately, I pushed through my not quite right feelings and the anxiety kept increasing. That's a really great statement and thanks for your honesty. Pushing through your symptoms will not help you. You need to be kind, patient and general. Um, and so don't ever push through it's not going to help you it's important that you actually relax and calm and quiet down and you need to think about dancing with your body and dancing with your symptoms there has to be a sense of acceptance playfulness curiosity and safety so it's incredibly scary to have vertigo while driving everybody on the call will agree with that and this happened back in january any words on how to break through this barrier susan go to module two Take this fear of driving and fear of being a passenger to module two and use all of the module two limiting belief processes. <clears throat> and the other thing I would do is, I think in module five or something, we talk about your inner wisdom and, and speaking to your older self and use that exercise of writing a letter to yourself and see what happens and talk to yourself from that place where you no longer have the fear anymore and actually gain that insight from yourself. If you need support, you can always book an initial consultation with me. Um, so yes, module two, Karen, why do I not feel dizzy riding my push bike, but when I get off it, I feel drunk. That sounds like mal debarkment to me. And that's where the brain, is. well, the other, I've heard people say this with um, certainly driving and also with um, skiing. So cycling, skiing, skateboarding, they feel fine. And I actually think this is because when we're in movement like that, our touch system, our proprioceptive system is instantly activated, right? We're feeling, we're moving and we can feel the wind on our face. And so that's where your body scans come in handy. You need to learn to use your proprioceptive system more often, especially while still, especially while walking, especially while standing and sitting and lying. So go back to your bonus audios, use all of those core exercises, and you need to learn how to reset your brain so it's comfortable not only in motion on the push bike or the skiing or the skateboarding or the driving, but actually it's steady as well. And you need to be patient. It can take a while for that algorithm to update. And if you're going through self-criticism or self-judgment, it's not gonna work. So you need to be coming from kindness, from joy. And somebody else said, yes, when I'm cycle, I feel fine. So that would be from your proprioception. And that's the key here. Proprioception and touch is, um, is 30% of your balance, 30, a third, 33% of your balance function. So if hypothetically you lost your vestibular system, completely died in both ears and you had nothing, you can still ride a bike because you use your touch and use your vision. So you use the rest of your redundancy and robustness and the neurons, the neural pathways. So you need to practice and you need to do it with self-compassion and you need to be patient and you need to practice being still, okay? Don't avoid those simple module one exercises. They are so important. And number and most importantly, enjoy them. Don't practice them religiously or do them as though it's a chore. Enjoy them. Like actually feel your body because you cannot reset any of these neuroplastic pathways with logic. You can't use affirmations. You can't talk yourself through it. You can't theoretically do it. You have to feel it, right? It's in your skin. You've got to feel it. Um, why do I sway or move more when it's hot and the sun is out? 
I would like some tips on neuroplasticity and resetting my body. This is Sandra. Sandra, I would go through all the tips in Rocksteady and just use the program. There's so many tips in there. And even I've had clients who've gone through the entire six modules, then they've gone back and done it all again. And they said the second time they went through, they got so much more out of it and they went a lot deeper because initially they were anxious and they were rushing themselves and they were a bit disconnected and they weren't really feeling yet, right? There was a numbness and a suppression. And so the second time they went through the program, they got that extra level of depth and maturity. And you know what? You can go back and do it a third time because it's not generic. Every time you go through it, you get something different out of it. So just use the resources you've got. Why do I sway and move more in the hot sun? I don't know. Ask your body, but it could be that maybe you're sensitive to heat. Who knows? You have to figure that one out for yourself because everyone is different. Book an initial consultation if you want to go through that listening process with me one-on-one. -on -one. Jane, I totally believe it's possible to heal, but as I've been working through the first few modules of Rocksteady, I'm realizing I struggle with the jump to consistently believing that I will heal. Emphasis on I. Yes, Jane, I'm really glad you brought this up. And I feel a bit stuck about how I feel emotionally and logically, um, especially when I go through dips. I would like any advice on how to do this as I see how important it is. Again, go back to module two. Module two gets you into the beliefs and it gets you into exploring and getting honest. The people who do not recover, by the way, are people who think they're fine, people who think they have it all together, people who say like, oh, I'm confident, I'm fine, I'm not stressed. And the reason I say that is because we're all experiencing fear and grief. I am too. Like, We're all going through difficult feelings every single day. It's part of being human. And if you don't have awareness and humility and honesty about that, how can you ever reset them? How can you ever heal them? How can you ever feel them? So as, as Jane said here, it's important to be honest about your belief system and going, holy moly, my beliefs are not great right now. I'm not backing myself. I'm actually full of chronic doubt. And there's a voice in my head saying, you can't do this. Other people heal, but you can't. Look at those case studies. You'll never be like that. You can't do this. The doctor said this. The doctor said that. There's nothing you can do. Don't listen to those voices. You need to know that they're there and witness them. Use your exercises in Rocksteady to help you see those voices and not buy into it. Module two is really good for that. And again, book an initial consultation if you're needing support to just get you get a few extra hot tips along the way. Um, Karen, oh, this is a really good question, I believe. Um, can you please explain to me if there's a difference to neuroplasticity for healing anxiety issues and neuroplasticity for healing balance issues? No, it's exactly the same process. In all of my years of trying to find a way forward, the doctors have told me not to put prominence on the issue, in other words, to ignore it or avoid it or distract it, rather than to, and to sort, and she was told to store it in the back of the mind and focus on doing things that you like doing on a daily basis. So it is important that you focus on doing things that you like on a daily basis. However, you can't skip the feeling process. You have to actually feel the yucky stuff in order to heal it, right? So you can't live in the land of unicorns and rainbows and just, I want to be happy and loving all the time. No, you simply have to feel what the brain is going through because that helps the brain resort it. It's the feeling process, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that enables the brain to open up and reset and build new networks. So the doctors don't understand this because they're not trained in it. And the doctors don't want you to feel bad either. So they're kind of just saying, you know, get on with it, distract yourself, do this, do that. But they're not actually speaking from a place of neuroplasticity, right? 
The doctors are trained in medication and if you want expert advice on medication, talk to your doctors. That's what they're really excellent at. And we need them for that, right? So just don't, be careful who you listen to and be careful of all of this advice about avoiding and distracting and ignoring. It's all about bringing self-love and self-kindness. Um, so just to finish off here, um, any inner will retreat or suffer, how does this differ, if at all? Yeah, so basically you have to get really honest about if you are distracting avoiding or ignoring what you feel because it, and that's really common by the way. And, and that's essentially what society teaches us to do. And it's important that you actually find a way to feel your body, support yourself. And going through neuroplasticity is a process of love and self-love and self-acceptance and self-compassion. And it means you feel all of it, right? Not just the good stuff, but all of it. And that's how you actually heal. And that's how you get the resetting and the rewiring. I've had a couple of things typed in and some good buys of people who have to go. So someone's Adele said, what about multiple diagnosis? Seems like every doctor has a diagnosis, blah, 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 blah. 18 months of VRT for dysfunction, blah, 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 blah. My gut says triple PD, given my history, does it matter what the diagnosis is? Should I see a neurologist one last time before signing up? No, as long as you've had medical clearance, that's all you need. Not all neurologists or ENTs are actually trained sufficiently in the vestibular realm to diagnose triple PD. And it really is a diagnosis of exclusion. It's a cluster of symptoms and you can completely grow out of it. I'm just writing a book at the moment and my chapter on diagnosis basically says, make sure you have medical clearance and hold your diagnosis lightly because you can have one doctor say you've got many ears, another doctor says you've got vestibular migraine, another doctor says you've got Moldebarkman, Another doctor says you've got triple PD. Another doctor says you've got a labyrinth infection. So you're getting all these different perspectives from people who are simply unable to give you certainty and it's not their fault. Like this is a tricky situation for the medical world to handle, which is why you guys are getting referred on and referred on and referred on. Hold your diagnosis lightly and trust the doctors who say, look, you have medical clearance, you're not dying. From that place, start healing. And Rocksteady, the program, is one option. You don't have to do Rocksteady, but it's the only program out in the world that works at this holistic, integrative, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual way and gives you a process where you take your power back and you do whatever you want to do 24-7. You've got 24-7 support. And I think that's what's required for true neuroplasticity. So it's not about having an appointment once a month or once a week. And it's not about going to the psychologist and talking about your emotions either. You've got to go through the self-study process to get to know yourself better and to figure out how you heal yourself. Uh, Joshua, someone else said, is the program for vestibular migraine the same as triple PD? Yes. Rocksteady is about you learning to understand yourself. It's not about your diagnosis. Okay. You're focused on your joy, on your love and on your healing. You're not focused on your diagnosis. So you've got to move beyond diagnosis to be ready for healing. Joshua said, if you have time to answer this, I still feel dizzy in normal situations, grocery store, moving head, searching, working in a small space. Do I continue to do it until this goes away or more focus on doing things, normal everyday things without getting, yes. I would suggest focus on doing normal everyday things without getting anxious. Learn to accept these feelings while I'm doing everyday tasks. Should I expect that they go? Absolutely, you can expect that everything will go away. It's like the number one certainty, certain thing in life is that things come and go, nothing is forever. So never expect yourself to feel the same every day. That's just purely ridiculous. 
Every single day is a new opportunity to feel, not to mention your whole biology is replacing itself like every three years or something. So you're a totally new person. Give yourself permission to grow out of your symptoms. Don't hook into them. Don't buy into them. Don't get addicted to them. Go through the rock steady process. You have to back yourself. And if you're not yet ready to go through the process, wait until you're ready and then go through it. Um, all right, what are we up to now? That's a good bye from Marie. Got it. All the doctors, people who aren't me. Exactly. Well done, Adele. Lewis, does neuroplasticity help with tinnitus symptoms? Absolutely. I've had an, an I've had, I've had so many tinnitus clients go through this program and not hear their tinnitus anymore. I've had tinnitus and I can also um, I can also say my tinnitus has gone away. I can't hear it. If I do hear it, it's coming to talk to me for a reason and I use it. Like a canary in a mine, I use it as a barometer of my health. So for anyone with these sens sensations and symptoms, it's not about getting rid of them. You can't predict tomorrow, right? Tomorrow you might get a massive vestibular attack or a massive tinnitus attack. And what Rocksteady does is teaches you how to manage that, teaches you how to not be afraid of that and teaches you how to soothe it, calm it, heal it and reset it. So Karen said, does lack of sleep aggravate triple PD? Absolutely. Use the sleep skills audio, Karen, um, which is in the Rocksteady program. It's so important that you have sleep replacement strategies because sometimes we can't sleep and that's normal, right? So we're not all perfectly sleeping eight hours a day or eight hours a night. Some of us need 10 hours. Some of us need six hours. We're all different. But if you're not getting your sleep, your brain is not able to actually do what it needs to do in sleep. Sleep is a very rich time for the parasympathetic nervous system. You learn about that in module four and sleep is your friend. And if you can't sleep, I would ask your body, ask your wisdom, why aren't I sleeping? What is keeping me from my deepest expression of myself? So I think that brings us towards the end of the call. Uh, just double check. Yeah, so if you've got any last questions, fire them away now. But uh, uh, essentially, thank you for joining me on the call. It's great that so many of you could be here. I am gonna email you. I told you there'd be a special offer and I've got the seven day support program, which is absolutely golden and it teaches you how to start neuroplasticity. That's a hundred dollar program. And then I've got Rocksteady, which is a, $1,350 program. You can actually get both of those for the next 24 hours for $950. If you want to start Rocksteady, I would definitely recommend you sign up. You're going to save $500 in the next 24 hours if you feel ready to do that now. Um, you know what's best for you and there's absolutely no obligation for you to do anything. You can just keep living your life however you choose. These supports are there for you to help you learn, help you practice self-kindness and help you believe in yourself. Someone just asked, does a bad diet make triple PD worse? Diet is so important. Um, it's not everything, but it's important. I would definitely encourage you to eat lots of fresh vegetables and just steer clear of things you know are not good for you because yes, it matters absolutely, diet matters. Um, Susan, thank you, Joey. Your Rocksteady program is so rich. I'm going through it again with new eyes. Yes, the Rocksteady program works. Like when you're ready, go and do it. If you don't believe in yourself and you're not ready, just wait until you are. It's going to be there for you. Thank you once again, Joey. Namaste from Lynn. So just to reiterate, if you haven't got the Rocksteady program yet, you save $500 if you sign up today in the next 24 hours. And I've sent an, I'm going to send an email out to you clarifying that and I'm also going to open up this offer through the newsletter to the rest of the community. Adele, gorgeous sharing and such a lovely, lovely presence, Joey, wisdom and sweetness. Thank you. Thank you for being present on the call.
Any last questions? That's a thank you so much from Nicole. Thank you, Joey, for your knowledge and trying to help. Karen, I urge you to believe in yourself. This process is probably the biggest gift you will ever give to yourself. My beautiful balanced clients go through the most amazing transformations. And obviously I get the privilege of working with them very closely over six months, which is a private therapy space. They all do rock steady. So no one gets out of doing rock steady. Whether you work with me privately or not, rock steady is the foundations and the backbone to your recovery. Thanks, Joey. So great to listen. So great to hear others are experiencing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For specific questions to enter the program, where can I write into? Um, try rocksteady at seekingbalance.com.au. The email, or you can just use my website and there's a contact page. You can also book an initial consultation to talk with me directly if you want to meet me or ask questions before you sign up to any of the programs. I understand that and that's fair enough. Um, but yes, rocksteady at seekingbalance.com.au will send your emails to my assistant Mandy and she can help you with any technical or admin support in terms of the signing up process. Thanks everyone. I've done the program twice and it's really helped me. Yes, you've done so well, Lynn. How I wish you all the best with your eye. Thank you. I'm feeling confident that whatever will be, will be, and I can manage it, but it's certainly healing and I'm feeling incredibly blessed with that. And the doctor said I'm healing quickly. So I think that's, um, yeah, I feel, I feel really grateful for my body. So I want to say thank you to anybody. Any questions? Any last questions? Um, now's your time and then I might end the call. But you will be receiving an email from me. If you want to sign up to the program, go to seekingbalance.com.au, click on Rocksteady, and that special offer is there for the next 24 hours. I highly recommend you take advantage of it. This program is worth its weight in gold. And if you're ready to start healing, go, go there. Start with module one. And for those of you who have already gone through or started the program, maybe go back and start again if you feel like your headspace and your approach was too logical and too theoretical or too pushy and too demanding. Open up to healing. You need to open up and let yourself heal. You actually allow it to come in. It's effortless. The more you do, the less you heal, right? The more you feel, the quicker you heal. Feeling is actually easy. And to block out, when we block ourselves and become numb and suppressed, it actually takes, it's exhausting. Like it takes a lot of effort. And it's like people say, how are you going? And they're like, oh, I'm fine. And you smile and you fake it and all of that. And um, it's exhausting. Whereas when you actually feel into what you're feeling and support yourself through that, and there's that sense of honesty with yourself, life gets a lot more easy. And you learn to get your needs met because believe me, your needs are changing every day. So if you're treating yourself the same as you were treating yourself 10 years ago, there's, you need some massive updates there. You can't keep living your life on repeat. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, you need to grow with yourself. You can't be stuck in that old pattern and old habits. It just won't serve you. you humans are way too dynamic and way too complex for that. So it doesn't look like there's any last questions. So what I might do is sign off now. I'm going to see how we go with this recording and I'll give you all access to listen in again. Oh, Karen just, Karen just said, I'm afraid the program will be too deep and thought provoking for me. Karen, listen to your body. If you're too afraid to start the program, you can choose to buy into that fear and live, continue to live avoiding it, or you can choose to love yourself. And honestly, neuroplasticity is the most gentle 
and kind and compassionate process you will ever go through. Like there is nothing to be afraid of. I would be much more afraid living in the fear, to be honest, but that's up to you. You need to trust yourself. Moving towards joy is a bit scary, you know, and sometimes we're afraid of our biggest orgasms, you know, so it's like moving towards joy can definitely be scary, but I encourage you to seriously consider it because this program is beautiful, gentle, it's eye-opening, it's heart-opening, and it's all about overcoming fear. And if that's something you feel ready for, go for it. If that's something you do not feel ready for, well, then just wait until you are ready. Like, you know, there's no, it's your body, there's no rush. I, I built the program so people could access it when they want to. I would be very cautious of making your decisions based on fear because that's perpetuating the fear cycle and keeping you stuck. So talk, talk to your family members and yeah, reach out to me if you feel you need to contact me and, and potentially you might want to consider beautiful balance if you've got, if you need that holding some beautiful balance, you have my 24 seven support with emails and by um, twice week, twice monthly um, therapy calls. And it makes a huge difference, honestly. It makes a huge difference having someone be able to hold you through the process the whole way. So, yes, it's a deep process, but it's beautiful, it's loving, it's kind, it's gentle, and it's honestly the biggest gift you will ever give yourself. So on that note, go to seekingbalance.com.au if you want to start any of the programs. And if you don't want to, that's fine too. You're so welcome in this community just because there's so many people all over the world. Yes, and actually how, that's a good point. Rocksteady is not about your vertigo and tinnitus. It's so much more than that. It helps you in your life. It helps you get to know who you are and helps you update your internal settings so you can be the person you want to be. So as Hal said, it's not valuable just for your symptoms. It's so much more than that. It's all about strengthening your legs and your body and your core and knowing your heart, understanding how to deal with thoughts and doubts, overcoming difficult emotions, and more than anything, I want to reiterate, Rocksteady is not about being perfect. It's about being on the roller coaster that is life and knowing how to support yourself through the dips. Like so many of my clients not only have vertigo and tinnitus, but loved ones in their family die or they get diagnosed with deadly diseases or their favorite pet dies or, you know, all of these massive shifts and really strong grief emotions come up. And they say to me, Joey, now that I'm doing this program, it's like I'm not crashing anymore. It's like I, I know how to support myself through this incredibly difficult process and I'm so much stronger. And so they're going through these in, in intense life events, but with more strength, with more clarity, with more groundedness, with more gratitude. And so as Howe said, it really isn't about your vertigo or tinnitus anymore. Neuroplasticity is about you being the best version of you. So I can't emphasize enough when you feel ready and if you feel ready, go to seekingbalance.com.au and just check out which program best serves you, whether it be the seven-day program for $100, whether it be Rocksteady, which today is $950 and includes the seven-day program as a bonus, or if you want to go for Beautiful Balance, which is a higher investment, you can apply, contact me, and I can support you through that privately if it's suited to you. So on that note, I want to say thank you so much. And I'm going to end the program there.